0: This is Steve with Life Worth Living. We're going to start a series of podcasts on spiritual gifts, and uh, one of the most powerful scriptures that I've come across in the Bible is Romans eleven twenty nine, that basically says the destiny, the calling that God has for your life, and the gifts, the spiritual gifts that He has in store for you, He's never ever going to take away from you, no matter how good you are, no matter how bad you are. That's incredible. And whenever I start thinking of the unique spiritual gifts that God has in store for me or for others, I get so excited. So we're gonna look at these things today and um, realize, come to realize that, that the calling, the destiny that God has on your life, He complements and he equips you with by giving you gifts. And these gifts, these spiritual gifts, similar to talents, but far more powerful and, and far more deep, Um, actually give you clues as to why you were born, what your destiny in life is, what your calling is. We're also going to look at three simple steps that you can take in order to discover the giftings that God has for your life. So I want you to listen in, but before we start on the podcast, I want to make you an offer. Um, We have a very, very short, inspirational daily text that we send out every day of the week to encourage you, to boost you, um, to empower you, and to challenge you. And what I'd like to offer you is if you'll send the keyword or text the keyword strengthen me, all one word strengthen me to 833 763 0559, you'll start receiving these daily texts. And uh, who knows, we might even strike up a conversation. So, again, that number is 833 833- and the keyword that you can text is strengthen me God bless you, listen in and I hope you have a wonderful week Okay, so introducing the gifts of the Spirit, I'm going to read to you maybe one of the most powerful verses in the whole, whole Bible Here it goes. It's simple. In fact, I encourage you to memorize this. I'm not a good memorizer. All right. How many bad memorizers do we have? All right. Almost everybody. All right. I feel I feel better about myself then. If I can do it, if I can memorize, you can memorize. My daughter Tara launched me into memorization about four or five months ago. I'd kind of gotten off the path a little bit. And now I'm memorizing all the time. Memorizing. And then when I forget it, I just go back to it, re-memorize it. All right? <laughs> That's how it is. But memorize this scripture. Romans eleven twenty nine. One of the most powerful chapters in the Bible says that Or chapters, verses in the Bible says this. For God's gifts and his calls are irrevocable. Irrevocable. You know what irrevocable means? It means if, if I came and gave you the keys to a car... I said, hey, I want you to have this car. It's it's going to serve you well. I'll give you the keys. That means I will never, ever try to come back and take back that car. It is yours forever. You see, even before you're born, God had plans for you. He has plans to prosper you. Uh, He has plans for a future and for a hope for you. And you know what? God is never going to take that back. He's got it predestined for you. He's got it out there. He had it in mind. It's just up to you to reach out and receive those, those keys to that car, so to speak. Reach out and receive your calling. Reach out, receive your giftings. He says, I don't care what you do. You could go out and take drugs. You could go out and get a woman pregnant. You could go out and ruin your life. I'm never going to take back my calling on your life. You could go out and do the worst, most heinous things, mistreat your family. God says, my gifts for you are there for you. If you'll just turn to me, be filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to launch you into your destiny. That's pretty powerful, wouldn't you agree? That's a pretty massive promise that God gives us. He's going to say, he says, I'm going to call you and then I'm going to equip you with gifts to fulfill that calling. So... That exactly is it. I mean, don't get the the horse before, the cart before the horse, <laughs> right? First comes the calling of God, and then comes the giftings of God. Now, see, if you, if you go in your giftings, well, you're going to get a big head. You're going to get prideful. You're going to think, hey, look, I'm a pretty special person. But if you get your purpose in front of your giftings, and you say, this is the call of God on my life, this is the reason why I was born, and then the giftings, you know what the giftings are like? They're like greasy old tools that you go into your tool shed, you pull it out, it's not nothing special, it's nothing glitzy, it's nothing glamorous, but it works. The gifts of God are not for your fame, they're for your calling. They're for your calling. Your calling is your destiny, it's why you were born. So let me give you a couple of examples. Have you ever heard of David Livingston before? Yeah? David Livingston was, wow. <laughs> he was a missionary explorer. A missionary explorer. He, he loved to reach people for God, but he also loved exploring. And you know what? Don't deny yourself the things that you're good at. The things that you love to do. Amen? God brings all of it together and says, here's your package deal. You're going to love your life in Jesus. You're going to love your life in Jesus. And so, here's David Livingston. Uh, he went to the, to the African continent way back when. <laughs> you know, back before airplanes and all that kind of stuff. He explored the African continent, but he also took Jesus to the African continent. And he was known, he was, he was almost legendary at that time. Almost a mythical type of guy. But you know what? To this day, his calling... His gifts have inspired thousands upon thousands of missionaries to leave their, their country and go take Jesus to the world. David Livingston. Here's another guy. Another guy, actually. She's a woman. Uh, Mother Teresa. Absolutely unbelievable woman. Uh, an Al- Albanian-Indian uh, descent. And uh, she went, you know what her calling was? was just to serve to serve the poorest of the poor. The poorest of the poor. That's not very spectacular. That's not a beautiful, glitzy thing that you can take a lot of credit for. She just went to serve the poor of the poor and she founded uh, the Missionaries for Charity that has over 4,500 nuns in 133 countries. Now that's a calling and she used the calling and her gifts accordingly. And God used her powerfully to set an example of what we're supposed to be looking at is the, the people who don't have much. Stop, stop focusing on people who have a lot. Let's focus on people who don't have a lot. Because that's the majority of us anyways, right? That's the majority of us anyways. Then there's this guy named William Wilberforce. Have you ever heard of him before? Some have, some haven't. There's actually a movie made of him. He was a British politician. He was a playboy, man. He he was out partying quite a bit, but you know what? God got a hold of this guy's life. And he began somebody told him about, you know, the or or, or reminded him of the terrible slavery there in the in the late 1700s, early 1800s in in England, the slave trade that was going on. And he began to lead the political uh, forces against slavery. And eventually slavery was abolished in in Great Britain. And that's what led to what we ended up doing here in the United States uh, far too late. (laughs) Abolish slavery. But you know what? He had a calling and he had giftings to accompany it. And God wants to use you and me in the same way. He has a purpose for your life. He has giftings to accompany that purpose. And you know, he wants wants to show you what your purpose in life is. He wants to show you what your calling and destiny in life is. And then he wants you to know what your gifts are. And he wants you to acknowledge what those gifts are. It's okay for you to say, I'm gifted in X, Y, and Z. He wants you to realize it. And he wants you to acknowledge. And now you don't need to get prideful about it. But you do need to acknowledge what God's gifts in your life, life are. So Livingston's call was to go. Mother Teresa's call was to serve. Wilberforce's call was to stand up and do something. God's got a call in your life. He's got a call on your life. Stop running from it and start running towards it because it is the most exciting, adventurous, wonderful, fulfilling, satisfying thing you will ever do in your life is to follow the call of God in your life. We were created by Him and we were created for Him. And nothing will make you happier than when you start living for your Creator instead of living for yourself. All right. So, <clears throat> what made each of these, you know, Livingston or Mother Teresa, who made what made these people so capable having such abilities? It was their giftings. They not only followed the the call of God, but they operated in their giftings that God had given them. Now, your call and your gifting is very, very unique. There's no two of us that are the same in this world. In fact, statistically speaking, and there was some research that was done, if you look at all your talents and your gifts and your experiences and how all of that rolls up together, you're one in 33 million people. That's pretty amazing. There's no two of us that are the same. So why are we always trying to be like someone else? Why would you do that? Why would you waste your time thinking, do I compare to them? How do I measure up to them? I wish I could be more like so-and-so. No, you don't wish you could be like somebody else. You need to be more like yourself. Now, i got to be careful with that because a big part of ourselves is messed up with sin. So maybe we should say, I need to be more like Jesus. But here's the thing. When you're more like Jesus, you are going to be so uniquely you there won't be anybody else like you. And now I'm, boy, how old am I, 51, I think. I would rather be myself than anybody else. Why mess around? You know, I'm enjoying who God made me. I have one life to live. Let me live it to the full. Let me live it for the call of God in my life. And let me go ahead and enjoy these wonderful gifts that God has given me. Amen? So, um, here let, let, me, let me read you this. This is a little edgy. Okay, this could be misconstrued and taken out of you know, blown out of proportion. But it makes you think, and I think it's up on the screen here. Each person has a specific part of God's personality that has never been seen before and will never be seen again. It was a podcast that Sarah heard and she shared that with me. That's you know what? Yeah, again, that could be taken over the edge and and made extreme and whatnot. But there's a certain aspect of this that's very true. There's God has put himself into you. Now, we're not divinity. Don't take this out of context. We'll never be God's. I'm not God now and I never will be, but, but God's spirit comes into me and he makes me uniquely me and shows a part of God that, that blesses God, that praises God, that glorifies God. And so I need more of God in me to make me more uniquely me. I used to think so much that if I became a Christian, I just became a clone. And it turned me off. I was like, I don't want to be that way. I want to be who I want to be. I want to be, I didn't say, I want to be who God wants me to be. Now I do. But I realized this, as I get more and more of God in me, I become more and more unique. More and more unique. More and more of a treasure. You're a treasure to God, and the more of God that you have in you, the more valuable, the more blessed you are, the more uniquely you you are. Now, there's this guy. I'm going to explain who this guy is, but a Reinhard Bonnke. All right, and I'll tell you about him in just a second. But let me quote him first. God is not a duplicator. He's a creator. <laughs> All right. God only produces originals. Nobody on earth can serve God exactly as you can. You are unique and so is your anointing. And I love this is what got me. This last statement right here. God's anointing on you is unique. It's different. He's He's got you going in a direction that you can't even imagine. You're not going to be a, a pegged fit into a square hole maybe i got that wrong or square peg fit into a round hole that's not god's way he has a special perfect place for you doing what you love to do doing what you were born to do and all of that's going to come out of you the more you let your the holy spirit fill you up amen so let me tell you about this bonky guy Bunkey passed away, actually, just last year in 2019. I'm not quoting somebody that was back from the 1600s. This guy passed away in 2019. Let me tell you something about this guy. He was a German, all right? And I think it was at age eight or nine, he got the call of God on his life. His purpose was revealed. And, and he saw the continent of Africa at some point. Maybe it wasn't right away, but he saw the continent of Africa, and he felt pulled towards the continent of Africa. And he went, eventually, I won't tell you the whole story, eventually went to be missionary in Africa. Instead of going for a small church setting like this, which he seemed to be failing at, he felt inclined to go big. Go big or go home, right? (laughs) And so he started setting up these tents, and he started out, it was really hard going at first, but then he had a 100 people, and then more people, and then thousands of people. In his lifetime it is calculated that he, say he led 79 million people to Christ on the continent of Africa. What happened? He was called and he let the gifts of God operate in his life so he was highly productive for the kingdom of God. You can do that too. Did you know that? If we'll stop looking down on ourselves and saying, I'm not good enough, I failed, you know what? We're all not good enough. We've all failed. Let's get past that and say, God, call me and use me however you want me to. Give me the gifts of the Spirit in my life so that I can be used to be a blessing to others. Look at this scripture in 2 Peter 1.3. It says, His divine power. Who's, who's divine power? God's divine power. His divine power has given us Everything we need. Every. You say, well, I look around, Steve. I don't see everything. Well, God's got everything that you need, so start looking to Him. The reason why you don't see it is you're looking in the wrong places. Look to Jesus and believe. Look up to Him, and you will begin to see everything that you need. For what? For life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us. See, he calls you and then he equips you. Respond to God's call. Respond to his call on your life. God has plans for you. He has a purpose for you. He has fruitfulness for you. He has success for you. He has prosperity for you. Are you going to be driving a, a Ferrari? I'm not talking about that kind of prosperity. I'm talking about the prosperity of the soul, which is way better than financial prosperity. Amen. He's got everything that you need according to your knowledge of him. Are you seeking to know God more? Are you doing your best to get into the word and read it and apply it to your life and practice it as you should? As you do that, you're going to begin to realize, I have everything that I need. Visible or invisible, God has provided me with everything that I need for life and for godliness. So stop comparing yourself to other people. Don't try to be someone else. Be who God called you to be. And you will, this is going to sound weird. You'll love yourself. <laughs> people literally hate themselves nowadays. Did you know that? They hate themselves. God doesn't want you to hate yourself, He wants you to love Jesus in you, <laughs> to be that new man, that new woman that God has created in Him. Well, let's look at some people. Unique gifts, okay? <laughs> Samson. Do you know the story of Samson? If you don't, I've put it in your readings. You'll, you'll see it in Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember which one it is. You'll get a text. If you're on our text list, you'll, you'll get a text to remind you, read the story of Samson and see how unique this guy was. His calling, all right? His, his giftings, whoa, really unique. Somebody else, David, King David. Look, listen to some of his gifts. He was a leader, and leadership... Some people are talented leaders. Others are gifted leaders. I'll never forget when I started seeking the Lord at age 19. In two weeks, I went from being a follower to being a leader. In two weeks, flat. The gift of God came right up, man. Bad noise for it, but it came right up. And I started leading. I couldn't help myself. Why? Because the gift of God just came right on up. Your gifts don't have to take a long time to flourish. They can start... They can start today. You get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to start seeing the gifts of God. But uh, King David, leader, listen to this warrior. He wasn't a naturally a warrior, he was a warrior because it was a gift of God in his life. He was a songwriter, he was an administrator this guy could get all kinds of people lined up in different parts of his kingdom he was a gifted administrator look at Solomon his son if you read about Solomon you will realize Solomon was a scientist he was an architect he was an author and he was a visionary he saw what the future needed to look like and he went on and executed the steps to get to that vision Moses was a judge Listen to this. Moses was an eloquent speechwriter. The whole book of Deuteronomy were the speeches or the sermons that he himself spoke to the community of Israel. Now look at Moses. When he first started out at that burning bush experience that he had, he told God, I can't can't talk. It made God mad. (laughs) But he said, I can't talk. And you know what? I think Moses was telling the truth. He said, I don't feel comfortable speaking in front of people. But look at what happened as God got a hold of his life. He started following God's calling. He was turned into an eloquent speech writer. Wow. You know what the Bible says in Hebrews? He says, he takes your weaknesses and makes them your strengths. Whoo. Man, I tell you what, that's what the gift of God does. He takes what you're not good at and he makes you excellent at it. Better than anybody else. You're going to flourish. You're going to thrive, praise God. Moses, Joseph was an administrator. He was a dream interpreter. He was a leader. Esther was a beauty queen because God made her beautiful. She was a strategist, and she was an influencer. And I want you to think in terms of today's terminology when I say influencer. Someone who has millions of Instagram followers, Someone who, whenever they talk, it's quoted and tweeted and and it's in the news. This was Esther. She was an influencer. Why? Because God gave her the gift of influence. God wants to give you gifts. Ruth was diligent. She was a risk taker. She was somewhat of an entrepreneur. God's gifts are amazing. You want God's gifts in your life because you're going to thrive, you're going to flourish, you're going to, you're going to do incredible things, but all within the call and purpose of God. Not for yourself, but for His kingdom. These people's gifts were not for their fame, they were for their God. That's why they had gifts, and that's why they were able to operate in their gifts. They, um, they were given a destiny and they fulfilled it in history, so much so that it's recorded in the Bible you can do the same thing fulfill your destiny in this generation just like david did in in acts 13 36 it says now when david had served god's purpose in his own generation and it goes on and speaks a little further but the point is is david fulfilled god's purpose in his generation by by using the gifts that god had given him you need to begin to explore the the gifts that god has given you but first Determine what God's call is in your life. Find out what God's call is for your life. It doesn't have to be a mystery. God doesn't want it to be a mystery. Find out what God's will is for your life and go start doing it. Go start doing it. You say, well, how do I do that? Just pray. Just ask God. God, what do you want me to do? He may not give you the whole, the whole map, but he can tell you what to do today. He can tell you what to do this week. We're watching, of all things, Karate Kid. Just um, came to my mind. This is what happens. When I start talking and it's dangerous. I might say things that I regret. But um, we're watching Karate Kid. We, we use VidAngel. Angel. just want to make sure everybody understands. We use VidAngel, which bleeps out some of the, the nasty words that are said. So that we're watching that version of, of Karate Kid. But here's this kid. You'll. It's a, the oldest, the 1980s version. And this poor kid wants to learn karate. And so his um, sensei, or whatever you call it, was teaching him how to, he, he had him buff out his cars and paint, and he's doing all the hand motions day after day, 12 hours a day, just long. You know, at the end, he knew what he, he knew what to do, and God wants to train you the same way. When you're doing the same thing day after day, you're saying, God, what's going on? My life is boring. I don't know what I'm doing. He's teaching you something. He's training you. He's showing you. And uh, it, as, as you approach the middle part of your life, the later, you start looking back and you see how God was moving all along. You didn't know it at the time, but God was in charge. And so, um, why did I tell you all of that? Don't know. Anyways, <laughs> got off on a tangent. But, but how, did, you know, how did David do all that? He was gifted. That's why he was able to accomplish so much. He, he, he was gifted, and so God wants to see your gifts flourish. He wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, don't mistake talents for gifts. Talents are what you're born with naturally. They're a gift as well, believe me. But some people are talented in this thing or that thing. They're born with it. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, things come to life that weren't there before. And you can see it night and day. And I've already given a couple of examples. Michael Jackson, you know, most, probably most talented entertainer in the world, didn't have a single solitary spiritual gift. Operating sheerly on talent. You look at Diego Maradona. I grew up watching Diego Maradona play foot, soccer, football. Um, soccer in Spain. I grew up in Spain. He was on the Real Madrid, man. He was an amazing soccer player. Died this week, six years old, zero spiritual gifts. Pure talent's all he had. I look at Pablo Picasso. Now you might say this guy was the most untalented artist in the world, but actually he was probably one of the most talented artists in the world. He just went a little haywire. But before he got into all the avant-garde type of artists that we're used to, paintings that we're used to seeing, he was an incredible artist. Zero spiritual gifts. Pure talent. You look at J.K. Rollins, the the author of uh, all the Harry Potter books. Incredible talent, zero spiritual gifts. What if these people had said, Holy Spirit, fill me? I want, I want to, I want to work for you, Jesus. I want to live my life for you. I tell you what, the Holy Spirit would have filled them, and they would have, their talents would have been gone up to this level with spiritual gifts. They would have been able to accomplish so much more. So what about you? Are you willing to follow the call of God and begin to see your life flourish and be blessed and begin to do things for Jesus that you could have never dreamed that you could have done? Are you ready for it? Are you ready to do what it takes to get there? Let me give you just really quick three three steps. Actually, I jumped ahead of myself. Let me just mention a couple of things really quick. If Let's just say you're called to be a pastor, okay? Now, I started pastoring uh, four years ago. I think it was four years ago. I mean, most people start when they're a lot younger. (laughs) But I've done it at a a later age. But you know what? As a pastor, if God calls you to be a pastor, He's got some gifts for you. He's got some gifts for you. I'll never forget. I I was always on the fence. I, I knew that... God had that in my future, but at the same time, I really didn't want it. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I ever fought it, per se. I just didn't want it. <laughs> I, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't for me. And I'll never forget, um, I, I have a full-time job. I work in an office environment. And I'll never forget, um, so you see people with corner offices. Picture this, you know, a corner office kind of in high-rise, looking out over the city. And I'll never forget that after my dad kind of called me and said, hey, I think it might be time, and God was already dealing with me, I was kind of struggling with it a little bit. I'll never forget the Holy Spirit whispering in my ear, saying, there's perks to being a pastor. Because I always thought, I was, there's no perks whatsoever. There's perks. And the image that I got was being in a corner office and, and having you know, a so, you know, secretary and this and that, and everything's going to be nice. And and that's the picture I got. He said, I'm going to give you some gifts because you are a pastor that you didn't have before. I'm going to give you some perks. Let me tell you what. When you start doing what God's called you to do, God's going to give you perks. He's going to give you gifts. And you're going to enjoy those gifts. You're going to enjoy those gifts. But look, I mean, as a pastor, and I'm not saying I have these, but let's say you are. You're, you're called to be a pastor. Maybe God would... Um, would give you the gift of teaching to be able to explain truths to people so that they understand or maybe maybe give you the gift of administration you don't have it now but you accept the call he says i'm going to make you a good administrator to be able to lead a bunch of people and manage a bunch of people or maybe give you the gift of discernment so that when somebody's lying to you you see right through the line you say "Ah, that's not true You're, you're not telling me the truth how would you like a gift like that? I would. <laughs> that would be pretty neat, right? Here's a, what if God calls you to be an entrepreneur, to go start a business for the kingdom of heaven? Do you say, Jesus doesn't do that? Of course he does. He wants nurses. He wants teachers. He wants entrepreneurs. He wants businessmen and women. He wants engineers. He wants politicians. He wants lawyers. He wants. He has something for everybody. All right, But let's say God calls you to be an entrepreneur, and he says, hey, because you accepted my call, I'm going to give you the gift of leadership. You're going to start leading a team of people to, to have a successful business. And I'm going to give you the gift of faith. You know what the gift of faith is? When God tells you you can do something, you say, okay, I guess I can do it. You go do it. That's the gift of faith. All right. He might give you the gift of generosity so that when you start raking in the big bucks, you say, hey, I'm going to go be... A help to the people in my community, to the people in society. I'm going to go bless my church. I'm going to go further the kingdom of heaven with some of the money that I'm making. Hey, amen? You see what I mean? God calls you to something, He's going to give you powerful, wonderful, beautiful gifts to accompany that calling. i never forget reading this article in this, um, it was a Christian periodical, and I'll never forget this little picture that I saw. It was a man. Looked like he was in his 60s. Kind of a weathered look on his face, but an intense look on his face. Have you ever seen somebody really intense look? Kind of, But he was sitting there at a table, and I'll never forget, he had his coffee cup there. And he just kind of relaxed, but looking off into the distance with a level of intensity. And so it caught my eye, so I started reading about him. And it turns out this guy was either Ukrainian or Russian. I can't remember which one of the two he was. But he had started over 150 churches. 150 churches i was like whoa that guy is intense man that's pretty cool you know what god had called him he'd answered the call and god had given him gifts to just go boom launching church after church after church in that part of the world so let's uh we just have a few more minutes i'm just going to get into um just start looking at what are some of these gifts tell me what they are and i want to tell you this my personal feeling, and I believe this to be true, or else I wouldn't be saying it, I don't believe the Bible gives a comprehensive list of all the gifts that God gives. I really don't. I believe there's sampling of gifts that are that are expressed in the Bible, but I don't believe they're all there. And, and let me let me try to prove that to you. In Romans 12 6 it says We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We have different uh, gifts according to the grace. Now, let me ask you, is God's grace finite? In other words, can you put it in a box? Or is God's grace infinite? Meaning it's, you can't get to the end of it. I think we agree, God's grace is infinite. If God's grace is infinite and it's the basis for the gifts that God gives, then God's gifts are infinite as well. And the mixture and the combinations of all the gifts, you can't get to the end of it. So, as we look in the Bible at all the gifts that are expressed, and there's a lot of them, I don't think there's a full list of all of them. I believe there's so many gifts that God can give us, spiritual gifts that you can't, you couldn't even come to the end of them. And I'll give you a couple of examples of gifts that I see in operation that are not in the Bible just to try to prove that to you. All right. Here's here's the first one, first attempt that I'm going to give you at saying there's more uh, more gifts than can be listed in the Bible. If you turn to Exodus 35, 30, um, verses 30 through 35, and this is in your reading. I think it's on Friday, actually. Um, Moses had been instructed by God to build uh, an, uh, an ark to... Uh, to be a place that represented God's presence. And God, in fact, inhabited that. And they would take the ark. It was like a box. They'd put the Ten Commandments in there and a couple of other things. And these priests would have these poles that went through little loops in the ark. And they would carry it into battle. They'd carry it out in front of the, of the uh, Israelites as they went into the desert, went through the desert. But also, God instructed them to build the, um, the tabernacle, which is basically a tent temple. And uh, God, God gave Moses a divine architectural plan of how this was to be made. So there's, there's God's plan. But then in Exodus 35, where I pointed you to, it says, Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen uh, two or three guys here. And I can't, I'm can terrible at pronouncing these. Bezalel, I believe. And uh, anyways, he'd he'd chosen at least this one guy, Bezalel, he'd chosen him. What does that mean? He called him. He chose him. He set him apart. God sets you apart. He's chosen you. He set you apart for his purpose. And he says, um, God has filled him with the spirit of God. Whoa, he's filled him with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Back in the Old Testament, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge. Those are some gifts that we're going to talk about next Sunday. All right? Filled him with the Spirit. As a result, he had the gift of wisdom, the gift of understanding, the gift of knowledge. And here's where I love. This is what gets me excited. And all kinds of skills. What kind of skills? What did this guy get? He'd been chosen but called. He apparently rose up to the occasion. Here's the skills to make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and bronze to cut and set stones to work in wood and engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. Wow, those are some pretty cool gifts. I mean, he must have enjoyed this type of thing and then said, God said I'm going to call you to help build this tent, temple, this tabernacle, and I'm going to I'm going to give you skills, gifts to be able to accomplish and, and to complement your call. Um, he's given him both to this other guy, um, the ability look at this to teach others so not only the skills, but now i'm I have the ability or the capability to go and teach other this, others the skills that God has given me. He filled them with a skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers, in blue purple and uh, in scarlet yarn and fine linen. So look at those gifts. That's pretty unique, don't you think? now to some of us that that doesn't sound appealing to me, but that's not what God has called me to do. so I'm fine with that. God has called me to something else and he's gifting me in those areas. So there's this guy named Dallas Jenkins. have you ever has anybody ever heard of Dallas Jenkins all right He's a director he's a movie director actually and he's directing the chosen. Have you ever heard the chosen before? Some of us all right if you haven't heard of the chosen go to youtube and go watch we binge watched it the whole time in easter and then turned around and watched it again they're coming out with seasons two and three and four and it's all about jesus and the the life of jesus is portrayed in the gospel he's taken some artistic liberties but it is one of the most anointed things i've ever watched in my life absolutely recommend it to anybody whether christian or non-christian alike but this guy is gifted as a movie director. Show me in the Bible where that gift is listed. It's not there. He's gifted as a movie director. And then there's one of my favorite Christian artists, which you may like him, you may not. It <laughs> doesn't matter. Toby Mack. I mean, the guy is gifted as a Christian entertainer. Show me that one in the Bible. It's not there. God gifts people... For this generation to do amazing things in line with God's calling. With God's calling. Amen? So as we look at the gifts that are mentioned in the Bible, bear that in mind. It's very, very important to realize that. Okay, so how do we begin to have these gifts of the Spirit operating in our lives? And I'll tell you, there's three easy steps. Three easy steps. And we'll find the first one in John 4.10. Jesus is talking to the woman of the well, and he answers her, and he says, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks um, you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. If you knew the gift of God. So the first step to having the gifts of God operating in your life is just to know that they're there, and to know the sampling of them described in the scriptures. To know the gift of God. Well, how can you do that? read your bible it's that easy read it every day or most every day i always like to say that because then people get into oh i got to read it every day and they miss a day and they feel bad about themselves condemned that's not god all right so read your bible most every day <laughs> all right so you avoid religiosity and legalism and all that goes with that Read your Bible and know what the sampling of the gifts of the Spirit are so that you can recognize them in your life when they start popping up and, and gripping you and, and getting your attention. Number one. Number two is in First 1 Corinthians 14.1. So know them. The second one is, uh, I'm going to read it to you, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So what's the next one? Know them and then want them. Say, I want some of that. <laughs> I want I want that gift. I like that one. And and you know what? These gifts are like clues to your destiny. If you're good at something, and God and I distinguish between talents and gifts, but if you're good at something, God wants to use that. And He wants you to use that. And He wants you to fame into flame the fan into flame the gift of God in your life. He wants you to fan it into flame. Use it. Practice it. Sow into it. Spend time. Learn more about it. Amen? But desire it. So know more about them. Desire them. And here's the last one. Very simple steps, if you notice here. Matthew 7 11 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Amen? Know them. Want them, and then ask for it. It's a simple one, two, three. Boom, boom, boom. It's a formula. The Bible is full of formulas, by the way. What are formulas? If you do this, God will do that. (laughs) Real simple, real straightforward. Know them, want them, and ask for them. Now, let me just end with this. If you aren't suffocating too much yet. Romans 12 there's eight other important aspects of operating in the gifts of the Spirit that I want to leave you with. You can study them in your, in your daily reading. All right, It says, therefore, this is Apostle Paul speaking to the Romans, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, number one, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Give yourself to God. All right? I have an eating problem. I like eating a lot. I like eating sweet things. I like eating salty things. I like sneaking into the pantry and stuffing my face. All right. What I have to do, I gotta offer my body as a living sacrifice to God and say, no. You know, with God's help, I'm giving you my life. I'm offering you, you know, where else? Well, what I watch. You know? I'm not gonna put a bunch of junk into my eyes, the eyes or the the window of my soul, and if it's cloudy looking at bad stuff, well, I offer my body as a living sacrifice to you, Lord. For your purpose, not for my purpose. Amen? Or what my ears, if somebody's gossiping and talking bad about somebody else, i got to shut it off, you know? Amen? Right? So I'm not going to fill my eyes with violence and my ears with cussing and this. No, I've got to fill... I offer my body as a living sacrifice. If I want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, I've got to offer my body as a living sacrifice. Number one, let's keep reading. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Number two, do not conform to the pattern of this world. I was talking to somebody, a good friend of mine this week. We were talking about negativity. The pattern of this world is negative. Just look at the news. Negative this, negative that, negative the other. That's the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world of negativity. There's a host of other patterns. Conform to God and say, God, I believe. I believe you can turn our country around. I believe you can heal me of this disease. I believe you can provide for my needs that I have over here. I believe. I'm not going to conform to the pattern of this world. Hey, if I'm going to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit, I can't be conforming to the pattern of this world. Number three, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you get your mind renewed? The Word of God renews your mind. There's three. In fact, there's three things. Read the Bible and practice it. Pray, talk to God, listen to God. Prayer is 90% listening, by the way. It's not babbling and saying the same thing. It's listening to God. So prayer. And number three, come to church. Come to church. Be part of a a group of believers. Iron sharpens iron. That's how your mind is going to get renewed. Then you will be able, so that's number three. Number four, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Did you know God wants you to know what His will is? Let's stop praying, God, if it's your will, do this and so. No. You pray until you know God's will, and then you pray according to God's will. Spend some time saying, God, show me what your will is. And then just listen to him. And begin to see what the Bible describes as what the will of God. You can know the will of God. You should know the will of God. And God wants you to know the will of God. It doesn't have to be a mystery for a lifetime. Know it every day. So that's number four. If you're going to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit, you've got to know the will of God. You've got to know it. And you say, how? Spend time with God, and he will show you. He will show you. We go on in verse uh, 3. But by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to. If I'm going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, I can't be prideful. I can't be egotistical. I can't be saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. No, I've got to be saying, you know what, look at God. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop being prideful. Lord, Lord gave me these words at once at work and continues to be humble and serve. <laughs> be humble and serve. And it's so neat how God gives... He, 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 I am a visual person, so I have to see things to understand them. And I pictured myself on a boat, you know, just like a little canoe type boat, let's say, or kayak or whatever. Coming, have you ever seen these bridges that are really low and you got to kind of like get down <laughs> or else you're going to smack your head? I felt the Lord telling me, Be humble and serve. Get your head down or you're going to smack your head on the bridge of pride and you're going to get knocked off your boat. Stay low. Stay low. Don't try to exalt yourself. Stay low. Be humble and serve. Do not think of yourselves more highly as you ought to. You're not going to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit with pride. It's just not going to happen. God's going to nix that one. It's not going to happen. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with with a faith God has distributed to each of you. Oh, it's so aggravating. I heard this podcast where this pastor was saying, faith is impossible. Faith, I was like, what, what are you talking about? Faith is Don't tell me faith is impossible. He said, you can't have faith unless God gives you faith. Well, I just, that's not biblical. It's been given a measure of faith to every man. And God wants you to use your faith. I can't operate in the gifts of the spirit if I'm not operating in the faith in faith to God. My connection to God, trusting on God, relying on God. I'm leaning on God so heavily now that if he moves, I'm going to fall over. That's how much we got to be relying on God. Every day for money, for food, for clothes, for your marriage, for your health, lean on God and the gifts of the spirit will start operating miraculously in your life. Verse 4, but just as each of us is one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Here's the, here's the second to the last one. I belong to you. I don't belong to myself. I belong to you and you belong to each other and you belong to me. We belong to each other and we need to take each other's interest and elevate. Your interest is important to me and hopefully my interests are important to you and that's Required for the gifts of the spirit to begin to operate is we're interested in one another. We belong to each other And then lastly in verse 6 it says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us And I think I wrote it up here. What is grace? It's when you stop trying to earn your salvation. You say God you saved me. I didn't deserve it. I can't even comprehend why you saved me. I mean, I know you love me but God's grace You saved me. He came over when I was rebellious, a jerk, a mean spirited person, grabbed me by the nap of the neck and said, You're not doing this anymore, pal. You're coming with me. (laughs) And kicking and screaming, he brought me over and said, Stay here with me from now on. And not only stay here, I'm gonna go ahead and be good to you. I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna my grace is sufficient for you. It's all that you need. That's the gospel. Stop trying to earn your salvation. You know what? When you try to earn your salvation, you're always either going to be insecure or you're going to be prideful. It's two sides of the same coin. Forget it. God saved me and He's going to keep me safe. I'll tell you what, God came up to Noah. He got him into the ark, which is representative salvation. You know what God did? He slammed the door and shut and said, "You're staying inside, Noah. <laughs> you're not only saved, you're safe." Praise God. That's the grace of God. He gets a hold of us. He's not going to let us go. He's not going to let us go, man. The grace of the grip of the grace of God. I am thankful. I'm thankful that nobody can steal me out of the hand of God. (laughs) No one can steal me out of his hand. I'm secure. I am eternally secure in Jesus. Can I walk away from him? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i mean there, there's divergent views in the christian i can the only person to take me out of jesus hand is me i can walk away but you know what no one can steal me out of the hand of god Amen. nobody nobody prays that's the grace of god praise the lord hallelujah i i can't comprehend it it's beyond measures beyond anything but you know what i can't operate in my gifts if i'm trying to earn my salvation It's not going to happen. You know? So I need, man, I love the grace of God. I like to say this. I stumbled across the grace of God about two years ago. (laughs) I didn't used to get it. I didn't used to understand it. I, I still don't. But, you know, now it's like everything to me, the grace of God. He saved me when I didn't deserve to be saved. He loved me when I didn't deserve to be loved. I don't think I was worth the clothes on my back, but God saw more in me, and God sees more in you. He wants to take you. He wants to shape you up. He doesn't want to ship you out. (laughs) He wants to shape you up, get you prepared, and launch you into the most exciting part of your life. The best days are ahead of you. The best days are ahead of you. Praise God. So what are some of these gifts? I promise you, I'm almost done. (laughs) I thought this was going to be short. I don't know what happened. Um, The gift of prophecy. What's the gift of prophecy? It's saying the word of God for the here and now. We think prophecy is foretelling the future. In some cases it is. But let me tell you, the prophetic word is when you're saying what God is saying right now, and it's just coming out of my mouth to you. That's a prophecy, all right? Uh, you might have that gift. You might have the gift of serving, the gift of teaching, the gift of encouraging, the gift of giving, and the gift of showing mercy. We're going to get into all of this in the next couple of Sundays. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus, Lord, for the gifts of God. The gifts of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that your grace is sufficient for me. It's all I need. I don't want anything else but your grace, Lord, because your grace, Lord, calls me. <laughs> your grace keeps me, Lord God. Your grace chases me, praise the Lord. But your grace is the, is the basis for the giftings, the spiritual giftings of God in my life and for my life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, I just, I want more of you. Lord, if you have called me, call me again. Lord, your calling is irrevocable. It's never going to go away until the last breath of life. It's irrevocable. Your giftings, those old greasy tools, Lord, that we can pull out of the tool shed and never fail. We operate in our gifts. We're not going to fail because we're operating in the gifts of God. But they're nothing glitzy or glamorous, Lord. They're not for my fame. They're for your fame, Lord God. They're for your fame. Lord, let the fame of God spread all over El Paso. Let it spread into our schools, Lord. Let it spread into city council. Let it spread into the hospitals, Lord God. Let it spread into first responders. Let the fame of God spread all over this town, we pray in the name of Jesus. All over Ciudad Juarez, Lord God. All over the U.S., Lord. All over this world. Let the knowledge of God cover the face of the earth just like the waters cover the sea. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, let your fame spread, Lord God. And let us be used as vessels, Lord God. Lord, let your servants become winds and your messengers fire. Heavenly Father, passionate for you, full of you, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord, for it. Just really quick, do you want to be called a God? If you do do you would you like god's call in your life just raise your hand i just i'm not going to ask you to do anything weird okay you want the call of god begin to seek god first amen. begin to seek god for say god you come first in my life i'm going to prioritize you i'm going to put you up here numero uno up here number one amen lord so we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice not as a dead sacrifice A living sacrifice to you. Here we are. Take my hands. Take my feet, Lord. Take my eyes. Take my ears. Take my mouth. Take my mind, Lord God. Take my strength. Take my will. Take my soul, my spirit, Lord. Take my future. Take my plans, Lord Jesus. Take my weaknesses. Take my strengths. Use me, I pray, oh God. I offer myself as a living sacrifice. In your name I pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.